welcome back to the Fan Engagement Pod after the summer break, whether that involved vacation, staycation, back after furlough or business as usual. This is the Fan Engagement Chat where we hear about someone's approach to fan engagement. This one is episode 60 with Steve Wignall from Marching Out Together, the group for LGBT plus fans of Leeds United. You can find them at marchingouttogether.co.uk. Although I had some conversations with members of Spurs group Proud Lily White some years back, it's an area I'm not that familiar with and wanted to find out more. It's easy to presume that being a fan is a very democratic exercise, that all fans are welcomed, but we forget that's not always the case in the stadium, outside it and of course online. Steve is a great guest and brutally honest about the strides they've made, the challenges they face and their importance to the overall picture of fan engagement at Leeds United. And don't forget, you can find out more about our work at fanengagement.net. Register for free and get access to the Fan Engagement Hub with more detailed data and case studies from the 2018, 2019 and 2019-2020 Fan Engagement Indexes. By the way, from now on, we'll be publishing one edition a week each Tuesday, including the Fan Engagement Chat, Baz Chat with Baz Schneider, and Did They Ask the Fans with Tim Crow. Don't forget, please like, subscribe and share. It really does help our visibility. Enjoy the show. Right, Stephen, anyway, look, we had a, obviously had a little bit of a chat in advance because um, this is the first time, I, you know, sort of what I would broadly call minority groups and as I said I'm not you know it's not a particularly wonderful phrase to use but um non sort of umbrella groups because obviously my experience always been with supporters trusts um uh at, you know when it comes to fan organizations I have dealt a bit with you know ultras groups and things like that but in general that's the group that I you know it's the most um organized type of fan organizations the group that I know the best um and so it's my first sort of conversation. And it's really sort of, I'm quite interested to know where a group like <clears throat> Marching Out Together fits in the overall sort of mosaic of football fandom at a club like Leeds, what it's been like for you as a, as a group of fans. Um, you know, because in the end, what, what I would say you're trying to do, and you can tell me in your own words, obviously, is trying to represent a voice in the, in, in the overall fan base that... that has to organise and be heard in a way that someone like me doesn't have to be because I'm a and I'm a white I'm white male heterosexual so I'm fairly well catered for as far as I'm concerned. So um, it's an interesting conversation for me to have. So just tell me a little bit about the background of marching out together and um, a little bit more about you know what what the sort of things that you um, that you do you know, on a regular basis. So yeah, go on, give us some of the, give us some of the founding stories and what your involvement's been since, since around the start, I think, isn't it? You're not a founding member, but you're not far off founding member. You were one of the first people. No, I, I, I'm sure if you ask them, they'd tell me, they'd tell you that uh, I've been with them since day dot. So we'll, we'll go with that. So I think, you know, we were created in August um, 17. So we're now, what are we, nearly four years in, which, you know, it's flown and uh, at a time when, I think you could feel significant change about the football club and you could feel that they wanted to start engaging back with the community. And I think for me, the, um, the, I would, so I'd been probably disconnected from, from football for quite a while in terms of, 
as a gay man, you, you know, you come out and you kind of, you get on with your life and then you, you don't feel like football is for, for you. And that's the best way I can describe it for me is, you know, football wasn't for me. It isn't for a gay man. And I think when they first put it up, the, the founding members, it was, you know, here's a, an email address, email if you'd like to be involved, uh, that Legion United put on their website. And I emailed and I went and met the founding members um, at the first game of that season. And um, straight away, it was like, yeah, I'm really interested in, and want to be involved in this. And I'd, I'd been through a, a period of redundancy at work and it kind of makes you reflect of, around kind of your social values and giving back to the community and wanting to do things a little bit different to, to what you've always done. And that's kind of where I came in is like, I can do something in the community that I'm involved in, being a gay man, um, in something that I really love, which is football. Um, and I can bring that together and make a real difference. And I think, you know, to, to your point around, um, you know, as a heterosexual male, you, you don't, you feel you're well catered for. As a gay man, um, I'm okay with it, but I know there's hundreds and thousands of, of gay men out there who, who don't feel they have a voice or don't feel they have a place in football. And I think I mentioned I previously felt like that. I do now feel I have a place in football. And, and our organisation is about... Um, making sure there's visibility and that's the key thing for us are we visible so that people and fans who are gay or who maybe you know transgender or didn't feel they were welcome at Ellen Road do we now have the visibility that we need to make people feel like they are and I think the key things in our early formation and going into the new season now is you know our flag and the position of our flag. So our flag in Ellen Road um, is positioned under the scoreboard um, and has been for our entire kind of history. And we're really keen that when we got back to the Premier League, obviously we thought fans were going to be there and, uh, and sadly they weren't last year, but they're going to be this year. And that's where's our flag going to go now? Because it was in a, a position where seats wasn't sold because it segregated the away fans from the home fans. and there wasn't a need for it. Now we're in the Premier League, there probably is a need for it, but there's still a need for segregation. So one of the key things we're talking about now, which we talk about with the club from day one, is where can I, where can we be visible? Where can everyone see us? And that location is really key for us and, and is one that we've managed to secure going into the new season. Our flag's going to be back in that prominent position because it's really important that people know know that we exist, know that they do have uh, um, supporters, like-minded supporters in the ground with them. You know, with many a story over our four years history where, you know, people have come out to their family because they now feel like they've got a family at football that they can relate to and, and therefore they can come out. We've had transge transgender fans return to Ellen Road for the first time in 20 years. This is massively powerful when you hear these stories. And, and as, as the chairperson, I feel really proud of what we achieve every single week and every single day. And it isn't hard. It isn't hard. It is hard some days. Like, you know, you, you kind of some days feel like you're banging your head against the wall. And not because... Um, 
the club don't want to help us or not because people aren't interested or anything like that. It's because people have got 101 things on and we are um, part of that. So there's 101 things going on. We need to make sure that we, within our... Um, within our, our gift, are doing the things that are really pushing our agenda. So so today, like, as an example, I've been up to the White Rose to buy the new top. This is not the new top, by the way, but to buy the new top because it was out today um, and also to buy the uh, the Pride mug that Leeds United have done, um, which is, you know, just the rainbow with the Leeds badge on. If you just said to me four years ago, we'd finally get to... Leeds United having a pride range or the start of a pride range in a shop, I'd have been flabbergasted because we did our own range to begin with and we sold it as marching out together on our website. We're now in a position where, and rightfully, the club are selling a pride range to show visibility both for marching out together um, and for the other LGBT plus fans. I've talked a lot then. Oh, no, no, no. You, that's fine. That's fine. That's what you're here for. Um, it just, it, there was something that struck me when you started talking and it, you know, because you, you, know, you get the hoary old questions about, um, you know, which which will, will always happen about um, that's in my face. Why do I have to, you know, and, and, and these are the these are the kinds of things that certain types of people have said for years. And it just suddenly it was a quote from um, an old university tutor of mine called Andy Medhurst. He was a, a media studies lecturer at Sussex University where I was at in the late 90s and he's a gay man and he said I remember I just it stuck with me ever since he said it and he said look I get I get it was a time of it was around the time of the Channel 4 you know some of the stuff that Channel 4 were doing wasn't long after things like that the first lesbian kiss in books all these sorts of stuff had really started impacting media and um and all that kind of stuff and he said look I get I get why some you know heterosexual men straight people complain about that and he said but every time i walk down the street you know because the idea of ramming this in my face all the time he says every time i walk down the street i see you know um it was the time of the wonder bra adverts for example you know hello boys or you know um people you know um a man and woman snogging and loads and loads of heterosexual images you know do, do i ever get to complain at that being rammed down my throat <laughs> no. and it's sort of I you know I'm not a bit so it sort of strikes me I suppose in here the, the words kind of to my come to my head is we're not visitors you're not visitors to our community you're actually part of it right and the yeah. idea that for some reason you have to go well so we'll we'll sort of be part of it but you know we'll we'll just we'll be very quiet about it we won't say anything it's just patent rubbish isn't it really it, it doesn't make any sense the idea that you would you get, of course you can come along, just shut up and don't talk about it. <laughs> and, and, and and like, you know, you've just mentioned something which is, you know, it's been rammed down with it, um, rammed down my throat, rammed down with it, whatever, uh, you know. The thing that's really important and which always kind of brings me back to why do we do what we do is, you know, Leeds will put something up on Twitter and the majority will be um, really supportive in terms of the comments but there'll be a small minority that says, why are you shoving it down my face? Why are you doing this? And that kind of re-emphasizes why you're doing it. We are doing it because of people like you. And that's how, you know, stupid some of these people are. And these people who are the small minority, 
you can educate the like they're that far gone they're that stupid is the only way i can describe them you have the ones that you really can educate and they're the ones that you want to get to, to say kind of this is the issue this is what we're talking about this is kind of what we what we're doing and why we're doing it and and then they start to understand it and it starts to move the conversation on but you're always going to have a small small minority who will never get it don't understand it um and they're the ones that you kind of think well for want of a better word like fuck you like Sorry for my language, but that's it. Like, and I'm more than happy to, you know, put my head above the parapet and absolutely say that to him because I think, I think the straw that brought the camels back recently for me was we'd done, um, we'd we'd had a signed shirt from the club, uh, a rainbow um, laces shirt that the players wore. So the players all wore them. We got a signed one and we raffled it for, and we were raising money for Terence Higgins Trust, which is an LGBT plus organisation. Um, in Leeds, based in Leeds, and we wanted to just raise some money for them. So nothing to do with football um, in terms of what we're raising money for, but to but to do with LGBT uh, plus. But obviously your target market to get in the raffle was football fans because it's a signed Leeds United shirt in the Premier League. And uh, and the club had put it up and and... And they came out of the woodwork and it, it was probably the first time, because I'm quite thick-skinned, like what off a duck's back doesn't bother me. And it was the first time I was really annoyed because I thought, this is more than football now. This is ridiculous. Like these comments on what you're saying is unacceptable. And as I say, through our whole history, our social media can get self-managed by um, straight allies, by, you know, by fans. Doesn't need us to do it. But I, I kind of the, that was the straw that brought the camels back because I was like, this is a bloody charity raffle. What is wrong with you? Yeah. And that's when we reached out to the club and we were like, you know, enough's enough now. Like, we need to be more... Um, more on the front foot with this stuff in terms of acting and dealing with it. And to be fair, the club was fantastic. Like the, you know, like they are in, and, and we got together and we kind of came up with a plan that said, cause we don't want these people banned. We're not there to ban people. We don't want that. We want to be able to, you know, get in a room and, and try educate the ones that are just uneducated. As I say, not the ones that are too far gone and they're, comments are just downright disgusting. The ones that are making comments that they probably don't realise are offensive. Um, so, yeah, I, I, we've still a long way to go, but we, we'll get there. Hi, I'd just like to introduce you to Match Day Digital, the world's first football-first digital magazine platform, bringing together premium paid content from clubs' Match Day programmes, popular football magazines, newspapers and high-quality fan-produced fanzines. What a list. It gives access to a bigger choice of content for fans and for publishers, a far wider audience than would normally be available through their own print editions or digital offerings. You can download the app via Google Store and Apple Store or you can use the native web app Go to matchdaydigital.com for more. And if you're a club or publisher, drop MDD a line. They're a lovely bunch, and I'm sure they'd love a chat with you about your needs. There's a lot, there's a there's lots to unpack, but one of the interesting bits is it's kind of about the opportunity for self-policing. So, you know, the idea that I mean it's all very as again, I'm always very aware that it's quite easy for me to talk about the idea of self-policing when 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 um when abuse is 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 directed towards a particular group and i'm not part of that group 
but the idea that actually you take an opportunity to educate people always interests me because I do think the first thing we reach for in the armory of dealing with difficult fans is what well, a ban and um and if and if what we can do is take as an op- take it as an opportunity and we see it you know we see it with obviously with all the England stuff you know there 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 are a people who are so far gone b they're obviously just trolls who are there because sometimes they might even be there you know in some cases literally paid to stir stuff up from whoever knows you know but there are some there are some people who you can't reach for whatever reason out of because they're just so far gone or there's just that's not what they're there they're not actually even part of the fan base they're they're actually just trolling um but the idea that you might actually want to take a lot of those people aside and go well hang on a minute we don't get anywhere if what what we do is just say well you're too far gone mate and um we're we're gay get over it actually there is a point at which you kind of have to say look let's give it a chance let's give you the opportunity to not be ignorant about it and this is why we're yeah go on carry on what would would always be our first go-to is you know can we educate can we have a conversation can we explain why your words whatever you said are are really hurtful or are not acceptable in you know in this day and age like we would rather sit down and you know, over a drink or, you know, quite informally, not like, you know, we're in front of a judge or anything, but have a conversation about it and say, this is why we do what we do and why it's not acceptable and why your language or why your comments are homophobic or whatever you've said. You know, we we, we, will, we will never get to a place of equality without trying to educate, is my firm belief. And you've got to try, educate, and once you've exhausted that, then then that is probably where you go to the bands and and the and the more serious things. But our first step would always be we we are really so keen that a ban is the last resort, you know, because I think a lot of the time as well, and this is where there's the kind of sometimes when someone says something homophobic, they don't realise they're being homophobic. They say they just say something, and it's when you go, that's you know, they go, actually, I didn't realize that, and you're right, that's fine, let's move on. And they know, then you know, I think we look, there's a long, long way to go, but we get further every day, is is my firm belief. Or I wouldn't continue to, to, uh, well, I would continue because that's just the sort of person, but you know what I mean, you wouldn't continue if, if you just thought bang, 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 yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and the club, you know, you talked about having, you know, good relationships when it comes to the, the, the club and they're very supportive. So you're part of the overall supporters board or what think fan engagement in the fan engagement index terms of fan, um, fans parliament is the sort of overall term we use. So that's, that, that means you, you know, you're consulted on all sorts of issues, um, a lot of match day issues, as well as the, the, the equality issues. Yeah, yeah. So we, we um, there you talk, you know, ticketing issues, match day issues. Um, how, yeah, COVID how issue. About, how, how about, so, I mean, what, what might be a typical issue that, that's, that's specific to marching out together and um, LGBT plus fans? What, what sort of issue might be very specific for you to deal with that the club would would you know might bring up in a in a in a in a um a fans parliament meeting is there any sort of specific things that you can think of that, that... So, so i think I'd, i'm not sure whether we we kind of get into the detail of the 
in the in the fans' parliament. We absolutely would if there was something, you know, like so when Leeds Pride's coming around and we, we will probably update the group in terms of this is what we're doing and this is the activity that we're on about and this is what the club is supporting us with. I think a lot of what we talk about with the club, we try to do out of that setting. And that's not um not that it wouldn't be welcomed in there. That's just that we need to talk about these specific issues and we don't feel like it's almost like I'd I mean, I take this the way I mean it with a pinch of salt, which is I don't want to bore 20 people about something that is a really no, specific no, I issue. Get it, I get it. Yeah, that there are things that are sort of extremely specific and it's not that they don't need to know. It's just that, you know, that's a general meeting for, for lots of much more general and broad issues. This is something that's very specific to, to what you're doing. And I suppose, you know, um, supporting the Rainbow Laces campaign, then of course that would be something everyone, should, you know, you would hope everyone would be supporting within the club, and actually wouldn't even really need to be something you would need to be pushing with the club anyway, because you'd be you'd, we're in a position now with a club where that's kind of pretty much accepted across the game as being one of the key campaigns in the year is the is the Rainbow Laces, isn't it? I think Ra Rainbow Laces is a really good example of, you know, they, they know they've got to do this as a minimum. Uh, you know, this is what you've got to do as a minimum. Right, okay, let's work with marching out together to take that up a notch. What else can we do? What more can we do to make sure there's that visibility around that one game? And then we talk, you know, when I, when I think about kind of things we're talking to or talk to the um, the club about, as I say, Leeds Pride's been cancelled again this year. We'd be working with them now in the build-up, but obviously that's not going to happen. Um, so the last thing we worked on, and, and was really uh, uh, probably our most successful thing, and we've done loads of things, but was around LGBT plus history month. And it was probably this year was probably something that before we've not touched upon, because in terms of football, there isn't much LGBT plus history. There's no out gay player. So you kind of go, right. But actually what we've got is some really good allies in the club that want to talk about it within the training for their academy players because we've got really good allies down at Thorpe Arch, which is our training centre that say, um, and, and she's brilliant. Like I do, uh, she, you know, her words are, I do not want any of the youth players to, to not be able to perform and, and be a footballer or, you know, quit or not be themselves because they're gay. So what do I need to do as the person who is kind of on the hook for this to make it an, an inclusive environment for these players? Because I don't want to indulge in tittle-tattle, but I mean, I, I, I would suggest it, it to me, it's pretty, it would be pretty odd if there wasn't at least, yeah, at least one gay player in, in the game. But we know, and, and that, you know, I mean, if I suppose if it says a lot, if, if it's that difficult still for a player to be out and to be comfortable with it, or they feel like there's a problem with it, we still got a problem, haven't we? I mean, that when you reflect on that as a, as a fan in your position and you're looking at ways to sort of express your position within the club, it must be a bit difficult that you can't point to X player. Or, I mean, there was one of your former players, 
Is that right? It was a, a Rob, uh, the US guy, wasn't it? Who was the only yeah, yeah, Robbie Rogers. He's, he's, he's actually our patron, and we, we like obviously he's in the US now, living his own life. But whenever we, we, uh, you know, ask him to do anything for us, he's, he's more than willing to accommodate and help us. And I think it's, it's that old expression, isn't it? You, you can't be what you can't see. So for young players and young people, there's no out year player. To, to your point, um, and to anyone's point, like, that just, it, it, it's not right. Like, there has to be, and it, you're right, it's not about title title, and we're not here to out someone. We are here to give a supportive environment from a fan's perspective, and then work with clubs, work with the FA, work with whomever that is, to make sure that there is a supportive environment should a player choose to come out. And the, the facts of the situation is one in 10 men are gay. There is 2,000-ish, give or take, professional footballers in England. You work out the maths. Like <laughs> It would be some not, extraordinary quirk of statistics if there wasn't. One million percent. And, and <laughs> I'm not a statistician, but I'm going to work on, you know, balance of probability. But, you know, there is, an, and, and they're obviously, and, and I get that fear, like, you know, they... Let's just look at the, the England players who, you know, the first thing that people could go to with them boys who missed a penalty was their race. That's disgusting. And whilst it was a minority, it's still not acceptable and just raise its ugly head again. So now you take that to homophobia, to, yeah, you know, someone identifies as gay. You can see where it would end up. What's the first thing that someone is going to go to if a gay player misses a, a penalty in a situation like that? Or what's the, the first thing that, you know, a fan's going to go to if they have a crap game? It's, it's just easy then, isn't it, for them? Yeah. And, I think, and I think for me, this is what's... I, I'm really clear with this. As long as you're good enough to play for Leeds United, I couldn't care whether you're gay, bloody straight, bi, whatever. If you're good enough to play football for the, for my football club, and I am sure that the majority of our fans would be the same, then you're good enough for me. Do you know what I mean? No, I do, and I, I you know, I, it, 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 I know what I think. We all know why players don't feel comfortable coming out, and um, and no one deserves to be the example that proves, you know, something. They're putting themselves out of some sacrificial lamb, but. You know, I do think most people would be very supportive, but I do think, yeah, it would be hard for the person who did. Um, but it'll have to happen at some point because these things do just roll on and we end up what the world changes and some people are comfortable with that. Most people are comfortable with that. Some people I, aren't. I, I always think, I, I, I don't think it'll be, like, I don't think a player will come out next season, like, for example. Yeah, I'm ready, we'll go. I think it'll be like, you know, maybe hopefully in my lifetime, you know, in the next 10 years that someone has come through where all the academies in the Premier League and the Football League are doing more stuff around this in terms of education, that the environment in five years, in 10 years right. is much more easier for someone to go, this yeah. is just who I am. Yeah, no, I know exactly. And that, that environment within football, the, the entire the entire way training is delivered, the, the types of coaches that are coming through the game now, um, sim and I mean domestic coaches, simply are, they're simply psychologically in such a different place from Brian Clough managing Justin Fashionu, 
you know, it's a world away, you know, that, that, that kind of example where you've got an, an, a brute, slightly brutal old working class man having to deal with the idea of, of a gay player. I think a you know a couple of recent examples of just the world changing is you know let's talk about the England players this tournament which is just, they are just now uber professional you wouldn't see them stumbling out of a club you just uh, a nightclub that is no, you just wouldn't people. you won't see them smoking pissed up they are professional athletes who deal and act like professional athletes yeah. and. And rightfully so, because at the end of the day, they paid a hell of a lot of money to do that now. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I talk, you think about our, co our head coach, Marcelo Bielsa, obviously he's from Argentina, but he's, he, he's, he's a quirky guy. He's fantastic in terms of community and community spirit. So I was at Thorpe Arch when we were on well, pre-COVID, so I'm going back a couple of years now. And we're up talking to the Academy about LGBT+. Plus. Uh, training and what we could do and and we were there to observe kind of something I think it was the FA were delivering it I, I, I think it was the FA don't quote me on that but uh, they were saying could you come and observe we we think it's very um, heavily linked to racism and we'd like to explore how we can kind of widen that to talk about wider um, issues in society LGBT plus inclusion being one of them so we went up and we were, after we were having a toss, obviously I'm like a bloody kid in a sweet shop, loving this tour, going and watching training. And we were having a picture at the end, me and uh, another marching out together, board member with our flag under the Thorpe Arch sign. And Marcelo were coming back in and uh, she was like, do you want me to go see if he'll have a picture with him, the person who was taking around? Like, absolutely. And he came over and he, he, he obviously I've been in England a long time, so his, his English was... Um, not great, but he really tried and made and was interested in what we were there and why we were there and what did it mean and what were your flag and you, like that blows you away because he's all about kind of community and yeah, community yeah. kind of spirit. And then um, this season, so in the Premier League season, just gone, we sent a badge to Thorpe Arch, one of our badges. We'd seen him wearing a badge of something else, I can't remember what it was, and we were like. Is the art of the possible if we sent a badge, he would wear it? And we did, and we sent it to the, you know, the person who, who we've got contact with at Thorpe Arch and just said, could you give this to Marcelo and, and see if he'll wear it? And honestly, the elation when you're watching it, because obviously every game was on Sky or, or whatever or, or anything, and he was wearing it, and straight away my phone lit up. <laughs> and it was like, he's wearing our badge. Can you believe he's got our badge on? And we were just blown away that just that simple gesture, and that's the visibility you want. You go, wow, the Leeds United head coach is even yeah. wearing our band. The no, one who is world-renowned. Like, this is yeah. not just, as you say, uh, this is the world-renowned head coach who gets it. Yeah, nice, wonderful. Look, tell me a little bit about um, uh, just a couple more things. Um, I had I had forgotten, actually, that I'd had very... Um, Oh, it was 2014, 2015, I think, not just before I left Supporters Direct. That I did, I remember, sort of met a couple of times some people from um, uh, Proud Lily Whites, I think it is, at Spurs. Yeah. Um, and I know there are quite a few groups. I, I think there's even one at my own club now at Wimbledon. I'm not, I can't profess to be totally sure because, um, you know, I've obviously only really been involved watching football 
um, on a on a on a on a slightly rubbish web feed for the last year and a half. But um, um, but what what's what's it like nationally? There, there's quite a sort of emergence of LGBT plus groups. There. Yeah, so I think we, you know in the last three three years we'll go with. When, when, I think when we started, there was less than 20. I think now 50, 60 plus. I think there's really good support for, for groups to to establish themselves. So I think, you know, there's Pride in Football that's there as the umbrella organisation. There's Fans for Diversity that are there to help and, help and support you or point you in the direction of, of people who can help you. So I think when we established... Um, Proud Canaries, yeah, they were really supportive, showed us how kind of they set up, what they wanted to do. And we passed that on. So when, you know, when new groups set up, we're always kind of open ears to say, what are you doing? How can we help? How can we, um, this is what we did. I would speak to this person, that sort of thing. So, yeah, these groups are popping up because I think it is um, strengthening numbers. That's the best way, isn't it, to kind of go... Uh, the more of us there is that are, are banging this drum or speaking to the right people at the right uh, at your clubs, you can then start to change the agenda. Um, so I think that it's great. We we are really supportive of all the clubs. Um, and, and one thing we've done in lockdown that we've been really keen to make sure happens every game is um, setting up a, a Zoom call with the opposite fans of whoever we're playing um, and that is so proud Lily White's been one and but we, well to be fair most of them we we got on a zoom call and that was us board members and our members together and their board and, and their board members just having a drink like you was at the pub that's the best way to describe it like how can we just get together and talk about the agenda we want to talk about but equally have some football banter it's, in, it's interesting because it just reminds me a little bit of the early days of what we were doing in the trust the trust movement and it, it there was such a sort of sense of camaraderie about it and that um you know that that when 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 sides would play each other instead of this idea that you know it was this it was the idea that brian lomax who founded um the first supporters trust and um was the first managing director and chair of supporters direct you know it was the idea that look, we share a lot more than than that 90 minutes and surely we can find ways of collaborating and it and it, then it meant that for us, you know, in our umbrella sort of existence as, as supporters trust, it meant, you know, when when something wrong was going on at a club, um, we could share how we did dealt with it. We could also sometimes share about who it was so we could stop that person turning up the club and doing it to us, doing it to the, the next one. So, so that it's a lovely thing when you've got that nascent network developing and you're beginning to build something. It's quite exciting, isn't it? Hundred percent. And and I like I I I can't list how much we've done because I'd be here all night. Like I'm so proud of how much we've done. But I think internally within the club, one of our strongest bonds is with the Leeds United Supporters Trust. You, you know, I think of Leeds Pride when not so our first season, we our first one, our first or second. They turned up in their numbers to support us on the march. So it was our first march. And they turned up in their droves. It was our, our second year. They turned up in their droves um, to, to come and march with us and to show that solidarity. And from there, we've just gone from strength to strength with the trust. You know, they, um, they had a pop-up 
in one of the Leeds, Leeds shopping centres of uh, to celebrate the centenary year. And we were on the invite list. And that's when you start to go, actually, we are really making a difference because even the trust are thinking, we need to have these guys here. They've got, they get it. Do you know what I mean? And then now to this day, so I'm, um, I've got a really good relationship with the chairman of the Leeds United Sports Trust now. And he, um, him and them are helping with our mural that we're doing. We're having now um, bi-monthly calls with the trust to say, kind of, this is our agenda and what we're working on with the club. This is yours. This is where we need some support. This is, the, where do you need some support? Where can we help each other? Um, or equally, kind of, we're just on with this. Don't need all, but we're just letting you know. And I think that mutual respect from us and the trust, obviously the trust are more broader. We've got a specific agenda. But I think the fact that they get it just helps so much. I hope you enjoyed that edition of the Fan Engagement Pod. Why not dip into our extensive back catalogue of 59 other episodes featuring interviews with Scott McLeod from Everton, Paul Barber from Brighton and Hove Albion, the Head of Professional Game Relations at the FA, Andy Ambler, episodes on policing, support liaison, fan-driven marketing, social media and dialogue, perspectives on fan engagement from Carl Fitzpatrick from Warrington Walls, Liam Scully from Lincoln City, owners, chief executives, governing bodies. We talk about public relations, communications and marketing, international perspectives. We speak with politicians and more. And we've also got Baz Chat, our insight into the commercial side of fan engagement with Baz Schneider. And did they ask the fans with Tim Crow? Search Fan Engagement Pod and tune in on your favourite podcast app. I'll make sure I put my teeth in for the next episode. And please do like, subscribe and share. It does help our visibility in a crowded podcast world.